0: Hey, Whiskey Ringers, I am thrilled to welcome back Impex Beverages as the Whiskey Ring Podcast presenting sponsor. Each month, we'll be talking about a new set of single casks, maybe feature a chosen distillery, or single casts from a chosen distillery. For November, the focus is on Glen Allicky. Listen for the mid roll for more info on this month's offerings, and now a brand new episode of the Whiskey Ring Podcast. Hey, everyone, welcome to a new episode of of the whiskey ring podcast this week i'm thrilled to be joined by mark and sherry carter they're the founders first of all their husband and wife but also founders of old carter whiskey company uh first putting out releases in 2018 they've also dabbled in other things with design with of course the wine industry in california as well and uh we're gonna get in with them and ask a few questions hopefully they haven't been asked before so mark and sherry welcome
1: Hey, thank you for having us. Hello.
0: All right. So I'm going to completely skip the how did you get here question, because I know you've been asked that six ways from Sunday. I think got a pretty good idea. Um, and I'll throw a couple of other podcasts, some uh, some press if people want to answer that question, but I'm going to jump a little farther in. So first thing I have to ask you both is, you're coming from the wine industry into whiskey. What? Yes. Did you, I know. <laughs> what did you bring with you from the wine industry in terms of, and that can be anything from process to tasting to blending, anything.
1: Jay, you want to go first?
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, <clears throat> hello. First of all, thank you for having us on. Absolutely. It's nice to be with you. Um, you know, I think the biggest deal with um, wine to whiskey is always flavor.
1: That's right. Yeah. It's and
2: true. we, you know, we chase flavors for a long time. Absolutely. And when you are looking for flavors in wine, you will be sure to find
0: them in whiskey. Fair. I mean, the reason I ask is kind of twofold. First one being there are many ways to this industry, many ways into whiskey, but I do find that people usually make a stopover either in the beer section or the wine section.
2: Well, we, we always say beers for
0: quitters. <laughs> oh, geez. Ouch. Ouch.
2: I mean, that's a joke. <laughs> that is a joke.
0: I don't believe <laughs> 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 the shots fired I mean, early
2: isolation joke okay. right
1: you're yeah. only halfway there if you just start with beer that, why, yeah. will you yeah. back me up on that okay. I will back you all up right, on right. that okay <laughs> As if you just took a I farther, tell jokes you,
2: I just, it's just, anyway okay go on take it a
1: little farther <laughs> you got whiskey
0: it's okay it's an audio it's an audio only podcast but i can assure you listeners there was sarcasm in her eyes on that one so it's all good all good
2: sarcasm just brightness and just kidding
0: all good all good good. good. i mean you're not wrong of course you're not wrong you're distilling the brewing is half the battle it is What what do you do after that and distilling that's what gets you the whiskey or the spirits and uh been talking to some distillers recently. Some make some really good distiller's beer, like stuff that throw a few hops in there and it's drinkable. Others make absolute disgusting distiller's beer <laughs> that you couldn't, that makes great whiskey, but you would never, ever want to drink on your own. Um, but like I said, usually come from either the beer or the wine industry when coming into whiskey. So knowing that you're both from the wine and a very accomplished wine history at that, uh, I, I, wanted to just start there as the entry point. So when you were were talking to um, a friend of mine, Perry Ritter, on this is my bourbon podcast this is way back in 2019 uh, when or just after old Carter had started. so it started in 2018. And he started off by asking a question that I wanted to explore a little more, which was uh, sherry the work and the artistry that you do for the brand? And to delve a little more into your artistic background and the inspirations you chose to bring or not bring to the brand.
2: Oh, well, I love that you, that you brought that up. I mean, for me, the, um, you know, the entire process is all about creating something. And for me, all I do is create. And my, visual art is a big part of who I am. Not a lot of people know that because, you know, I do a lot of the whiskey and the wine thing and they don't know what came before that, but all of that comes into play and being able to create something that people see while they're enjoying something from that bottle is so incredibly profound because as an artist, you're making something and Mark's right there alongside me, you know, it's, we're both creating something and you're putting something together and making something that will go out into the world, as you just said, and people will enjoy it and people will feel it. And it takes something that is a, you know, you're an artist and you're making something, but now you're creating something that people will literally physically enjoy. And it's, it's an incredible way to spread that creativity into the, into the world.
0: Absolutely, and of course, your bottles are all adorned with uh, the wood cutting of Heavy Horse. Yes, and it does, as a label, stand out. Uh, and for from my part, I think it for a number of reasons. I mean, one, it's just a very nice looking label, uh, but also. And this is, I want to explore this a little more too, the idea of a horse on a label of bourbon, rye, American whiskey, taking to the 30,000 foot view might not sound necessarily original because the horse is Kentucky, you know, goes together pretty hand in hand, but you're both coming from California, from wine, no less in terms of this part of your life, but also you know, Sherry, the art that you're creating is featuring horses in many parts of, of your art. Uh, actually, most of it, uh, if my research is well done. Yeah. So did did it just come naturally that the, the horse was going to be the symbol of old Carter? Or were there, you know, brand consultants involved or just came naturally?
1: Yeah, we had, we had a lot of brand consultants that would be Sherry and me. Yeah. <laughs> We actually actually went and tried to actually have somebody actually design a label. Mm -hmm. And um, that, you know, we paid him some money. It was great. Uh, But it wouldn't have ever been us doing it. It wouldn't be Sherry doing it. A little bit about the the heavy horse. So uh, when I first met Sherry, I went to an open studio and I bought the heavy horse that's the first piece art i ever bought from sherry back 20 years ago yeah maybe 22 she says but you know the uh it's such a fabulous piece of work it's so strong and uh, when we started thinking about the label and my grandmother was from somerset kentucky and uh, they you know actually grew corn and they actually used to actually all that. And we thought maybe it would be really great to do a, a horse. And Sherry worked on a couple of wonderful uh, labels uh, with a heavy horse with a plow and things like that. And then eventually a couple of people actually even helped us suggest. That maybe a profile would be great, and the you know the strongest piece I've ever seen is Heavy Horse, and we said try that, and then Sherry put that on the label, and it was you know, you don't think so?
0: So, so for for the, the listening audience, Sherry's looking over at Mark with a look that only a wife could give, shaking her head no. That, that is not the story. So, Sherry, what's your side of the story here?
2: I mean, when we were working on the label for this brand, it was all about putting something together that resonated with this. There had to be something about farm. And yes. So, yes, there was... Um, we had a few different <laughs> iterations of the of the of the actual label mm-hmm. but that course as soon as we put it in there it was where it needed to be absolutely yes
0: you just knew it was right as soon as it was there that kind yes. of thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: all right and Again, it, it stands out even with you know, there are plenty of other labels with horses on them in some way, you know. But I would say with unless you're really just beginning in whiskey, you see the you see that label, you know it's old Carter. So clearly something's gone right in terms of identification.
2: We love brand. that. And I will tell you that that horse was extremely important to both of us and i'm glad that that is now means old carter
0: brian is that answer jesus christ i am
2: extreme. no brian's right here
0: that's that's what? why that's why i get confused sorry brian sorry okay this is that never, right. this never I'll happens i'm very apologetic mark yes is that The explanation that Sherry just gave, acceptable, perfectly. All right, gave the right answer. The right, okay.
1: (laughs) You got that (laughs) one. All
0: right. So, coming over from the wine world, you have the artistic background with horses, and Mark, your uh, family background from Kentucky as well. Uh, The corn that they were growing—any of it go into whiskey, or was it more? Consumable corn?
1: Oh, just um, that we actually were here a long time ago before Prohibition and we left. We went to California and um, you know, I was born in California and came back because uh, I love what's, uh, you know, Sherry introduced me to bourbon a long time ago and, uh, and in Manhattan and it was really good. And I said, hey, this is very flavorful too. And I like wine. But this is good too. And I think we should do something here someday, you know, to myself.
0: I I heard uh, that Sherry said, I heard the story of Sherry introducing you to a maker's Mark Manhattan. Yeah. Um, this is on the bourbon road. This was also 2019. So I'm curious because at that time what he said was that started with the maker's Mark Manhattans. Mark, you got more into drinking whiskey straight. Like I, I did but, like full
1: proof. I full did proof. like full proof. as soon as I tasted some uh, bookers, I said, Hey, why am I drinking a 80 proof thing when I can get 120 for the same money? I said, I like value. I like value. And that was a value and it was way more flavorful because it didn't have ever have water in it. And mm-hmm. so we got, I think we got really connected to full proof bourbon off of bookers. And so even when we did Kentucky out, we said, we, ain't, we ain't cutting them. Let, let the consumer cut it, put a cube in it, whatever you want after you, you know, but you got to taste it first before you do anything.
0: Agreed. That's how I, there's, there's two rules on my website. It's drink what you want and drink it how you like it. So
1: exactly. You know, um, I think, Mr. Turkey said it best, but I'm drinking this little dinky bottle. It's like this 86, it says. It's barrel 86. This is a single barrel, and it's like just a little sampler. I can taste it once in a while.
0: I have so many samples right now just on the table, and they're staring at me like beanie babies in 2010. They're just like, yeah. what are going to do something with? Uh, so, I have to ask though, you got into the Maker's Mark Manhattan's, the Booker's, and drinking, you know, higher proof spirits. Have you found the good Sazerac recipe that you like yet?
1: Hell yeah, <laughs> that's fun. So uh, when I was chasing Sherry in the very early days, I uh, said, hey, she wanted to see a Sazerac. So I made sure I got all the ingredients and made her a Sazerac. What do you think? Was it okay? It was
2: really good. you it was <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs>
1: well, we made it with rye in those days. Which rye? Well, it was old, old, old at the, that point. It was. It truly was. Okay. Because it was 20 years ago and there wasn't a lot of great rye out there. <laughs> very true.
0: Very true very true okay. although although i hear i wasn't even bonded yet oh true yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, although i hear sorry, you now prefer the Boulevardiers when it comes to rye i love boulevardias all right i right now i'm on kind of a more booker's kick with if i'm going to do a cocktail i must admit yeah. so you know people after my own heart on that one but um I have not really substituted the rye in a Boulevardier. I, I keep thinking it's going to not be, I don't know, something's going to be off, but it makes so much sense. So, you we'll know, throw it in there tonight and see what happens. I am unfortunately out of old Carter rye, or I would throw that in. Full disclosure. No, no. Not nah, there. Fair. fair. All right. So, so jumping, I know this sounds like I'm jumping around, but there is a purpose, a method to the madness. So, Moving into bourbon and rye and American whiskey, to me at least from the outside as a consumer, there is a trend that there are two trends that old Carter caught on sooner than anyone else did, or certainly in the early stages and one of them, is especially regarding the American whiskey, is the use of light whiskey in in today's whiskey marketplace now you've got brands that came after obtainium elixir cat's eye whatever that used it but i would struggle to find ones that used it as well and letting those flavors shine so you know what induced you to try that style of whiskey instead or in addition to bourbon and rye i should say
1: Can I start a little bit? We are so fortunate to actually started so long ago with a product that was fifteen years old. It has so much flavor,
2: and we love flavor. We're flavor chasers.
1: Yeah, if it was food, we're both chefs. We both have cookbooks. You know, I worked in my kitchen at the hotel for nine years, so. We're all looking for basically great flavors, so we, you know, that's all we care about. truly. if it's if it tastes great, it is great. You yeah. know, yeah, so that's we, you know, we found great product. We were fortunate enough to start at the, uh, a certain time, absolutely, when we could actually get some very old product.
2: Some mm-hmm. very old product,
0: yeah, I read, yeah, yeah, some of that was. Cool. 27, 28-year-old product in there? I think you got it.
2: <laughs> you know what? Yeah,
0: The
1: 27 was incredible. Wow. Was, I, was great.
0: I haven't had the first batch or two. Um, I think I got lucky enough to try batch three. I have to say batch five of the American whiskey is my favorite old Carter product. That 134.9 oh. proof is just...
2: You can't beat it.
1: A, nope.
0: <laughs> can't. It is so good buttery as hell thank you just and we love buttery we love that (laughs) especially as chefs i'd imagine you love butter yeah it it really is my favorite i was introduced to it by a mutual friend of ours now uh, mike over at travel bar here in brooklyn and i unfortunately missed you both when you were here last to do an event there i had a conflict that night or some really dumb reason that i should have begged out of but he i went in there to interview him maybe oh god it's almost a year ago yeah. and i said to him all right you've got 400 things on that bar which i'm somewhat ashamed to say is about what i've got in my house right now um uh, you've got that many things on your bar
2: we'll be ashamed ever. we're okay. happy
0: for you well okay so Side note, you could say that because you've got locations to store your whiskey. <laughs> I've got, I've got a two bedroom apartment with, with, with a wife and two cats. So, <laughs> um, but I, I just, I said to Mike, you know, this is what the thing, these are the things I like. I certainly like high proof stuff. Nothing too Woody. Um, I'll try Isla. I'll try pretty much anything to be honest. What's one of your favorite things? takes a minute looks over his stash and he pulls out a bottle of old carter and at that point i had had a couple of batches of the bourbon and the rye love them both a more rye fan i must admit of the two but that american whiskey as soon as it hit my tongue was just amazing and again with the the I'm sorry, I have to note the happiness is just beaming off of these two right now and it's fantastic. It makes for a great interview and I love it. Um, you know, as you've seen other other brands dabble in light whiskey, whether it's straight or and by straight I mean like unadulterated or mixed in with something else. Um, what do you think you captured that they either tried to or or couldn't?
2: I don't even think we can try to say.
1: All I can say is what we do, we
2: taste it, we love
1: it. It's who we are. It's our palate and we said a long time ago, it's who we are and if you like what we do, you know, thank you. Thank you so much. Um it's, you know, we you you know, we don't have to worry about du- anybody well, duplicating. We, we don't
2: it. we don't even think about it. Yeah. I mean when we blend we just make what we love.
1: Yeah, the two of us,
2: and so we make what we love. We've always done that, and we hope, and
1: we love that you love it, and
2: <laughs> we hope that people out there love it. I mean, that's the end of it.
0: Absolutely. So, with that, I mean, with the selection process, I, I had another couple slash whiskey entrepreneurs. Uh, on the podcast a few episodes ago, uh, Nora and Adam from Lost Lantern. And they described to me that they're, you know, when they're choosing a barrel, they never choose in the distillery because it, everything smells and tastes better in a distillery. Um, they have their own home tasting setup, which for them was basically their kitchen table with a lot of samples set out. What does it look like when you're deciding on either a single barrel to pick or, you know, the blend that you want to create?
2: Well, sometimes it's on the back of a unicorn <laughs> <laughs> because we employ some really great unicorns <laughs> that carry <laughs> our whiskey to our table. I mean, no, I'm giving you shit. But I mean, and it's the national animal of Scotland. Barrel. It
0: Can't be bad.
1: We'll get fifty barrels. We'll get yeah. fifty barrels, fifty samples. We'll yeah. go through all fifty samples, and we'll whittle it down to about thirteen, maybe uh, uh, barrels, and uh, that we love, and we'll start blending. You know, from there, exactly. A lot of times, and you know, we always say it, the funniest thing is when you love some barrels so much that the greatest barrels by themselves and you blend them together and you end up with not anything that good. It's crazy. You can take you know, uh, a weird barrel and blend it with a grape barrel and you can make something magical. It's just, it, it is magic. It is just tasting, always tasting and it's your palate. And so all Carter really truly is about our two palates truly. Yes, you know, and so it it just tastes, tastes, it's taste. just
2: craziness.
1: Yeah, it, you know, you never know what's going to pop up. It, we we think mm-hmm. we're going to blend something, and we taste the, all those barrels, and we go, Nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> all, all these fifty or barrels. Oh yeah, all these fifty barrels we just got samples from. No, we can't make anything out of this. And then you got some other stuff. Well, let's try this. Oh my God. This might, this, I think this is amazing. Yeah. You know, it's just like that, you know, it's weird. We, yeah, you never can predict it and we won't make something just because we're supposed to make it right now. We don't have to do that.
0: Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Not because like you said, you don't have to, you can take time, you can put in. So how, uh, how crazy do you go with tasting notes? Cause I know you've had, you've seen and heard some real crazy ones over the years. So I'm curious. Hey, whiskey ringers. I hope you've been taking advantage of that podcast only code for the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. They've got around 20 bottlings coming out each month, and there's never a shortage of new things to explore. This month's focus, their October distillery dive is distillery number five. This famous lowland distillery will show you something completely different and you've probably never had before. This isn't your floral and fruity space side, but it's also not that smoky, sometimes medicinal and maritime isla. It's truly unique and in a category and region all its own. The distillery dive bottlings were announced on October 11th, so you might still find some available. If not, keep an eye out. There are always more bottles coming from this distillery and others, and always new journeys to explore. There are also currently five fall bundles available, packaging multiple bottles together from sometimes the same and sometimes different distilleries into a discounted set for you to discover. Remember to use the promo code WRP for 20% off your annual membership, and you can visit the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society website to sign up and order via the link in the show notes. Glenaliki Whiskey is a true space cider whose full name means Valley of the Rocks in Gaelic. Led by master distiller Billy Walker, Glenallochie put out some of the most interesting single-cask bottlings in the entire region this year. This month, for November, we've got three releases to talk about. First up is the Glenallochie 2010 Cask 4635. This U.S. exclusive single-cask is finished in a Napa Valley wine barrel for three years. This non show filtered bottling rolls in at a hefty 59.9% ABV, and comes with a hand-numbered bottle and display box. There are 306 700ml bottles available, and again, exclusive only to the United States. The second release is cask 7666, barreled in 2009, and bottled in 2022. This 12-year single cask was finished in a Madeira Barrique for just about three years, and carries a 59.2% ABV. This also comes with a hand-numbered gift box and bottle, And there are just 298 bottles available. The third bottle, and perhaps the most interesting one for me, is cask 3713. This 13-year single cask is finished in a sauternes barrel for three years and bottled at 58.2% ABV. I found recently I love sauternes finishes. It's an underused white wine, and I'm really excited to see what more companies do with it. This one is no exception. With just 291 bottles available, this one's going to go quickly, so grab yours before you miss out. You can check out more details about these U.S. exclusive bottlings through the links in the show notes, and talk to your local store to make sure you never miss out on the newest Glen Allake single barrels. If you need help finding these bottles in particular, shoot me an email. Happy to help you experience these incredible single cask offerings. Thank you again to Impact's Beverages for being our presenting sponsor, and now, back to the show.
1: Sherry's got the greatest tasting notes in the world. There's nobody that even comes close to Sherry's tasting notes. And I got one tasting notes. That's all I got. One word. Delicious. That's it. <laughs> or yeah. I won't say anything at all.
0: That's <laughs> true. I've got friends. we got the, the three words. <laughs> I have friends have a three word scale. Yes, meh, yeah. or No. There's, yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. You know, I, I ask, is uh, so you were on um the bourbon lens, and there's some guys that I really uh look up to in the podcasting game, and they were on location with you in Louisville, and the taste. There were two tasting notes that I wrote down that I just had to ask about. One, a little more normal, Kumquats which Mark was that one? That was that That's was Mark. Mark. That was all Mark, yeah. and yeah. then Sherry, yours was sweaty yeah. horse.
1: Oh, yeah, a lot of sweaty horse. I was
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> the best whiskey um, tastes like cubquats and sweaty, and sweaty
1: horse. horse. If you got those two things, you might have a winner. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've heard it said you can you can't blend out mustiness. I have heard nothing about blending out sweaty horse, so maybe it could work. I
2: mean, it sounds like oh salty pony.
1: Salty pony's good.
0: I, I asked that really for for two reasons. First, because they're just they're crazy tasting notes, and we've all they are
2: crazy well, tasting, like, and I know we did both of those yep. for sure.
0: And I know people give uh, give reviewers shit for writing weird notes and these <laughs> pulling these desserts out of their ass like you've never seen before. Oh um, yeah, you know my grandmother's chess pie from 1942. Yeah. You know,
2: well that now I can get behind that.
1: Yeah, the wedding dress uh, after the day after is like the best tasting note.
0: Right, that little yeah, it's <laughs> fantastic. So. <laughs> So one, of, <laughs> so I had to ask for that. Of course I, I also wanted to ask, is your, you know, your former partner Dixon Deadman? I was lucky enough to do a tasting with him. Uh, his his last tasting, as it turned out, uh, back in May. Uh, at least for for some time, as he's focusing on his new brand now. And uh, so, with a group of friends that I friends that I just met, honestly, so came fast friends. Dixon's standing in the middle of us. He's reminiscing about the whiskey in his hand. We have no idea what it is. Um, and he said, you know, people give some really good notes about this whiskey and, you know, they might be accurate, all the stuff, but I don't really care. <laughs> you know, I want <laughs> something. I just want to know, do you like it? And where do you feel it? Exactly. Yeah. And I've started you know, learning from that, like incorporating, okay, I'm feeling it in the corners of my mouth. I'm feeling it under the tongue, the front palate, the back palate. Because where you feel it, it's going to impact what you're tasting too. And it had never occurred to me until that moment with him standing in front of us and saying, put down the pen, enjoy what you're drinking. Uh, I haven't taken that part to heart because I, I love writing the notes, but the rest of it are taken to heart. So, um, but the, you know, the other, part of that that ties into your story and that of old carter is uh that you worked with dixon on kentucky owl you know and i know that's now in different ownership even dixon is no longer with the with the brands uh but the blends that were made and the whiskey put out were incredible and in many ways trying the kentucky owl rye in particular the first two or three batches of the rye, fourth not so much. No offense, Dixon, if you're listening, but batch one through three were my favorites. We
1: have to, you know. we have to always do this disclaimer. So we yeah. only work on batch one to six.
2: No rise whatsoever. No, rye. no rise really? We never
1: did. Yeah. So, okay. which very few people got to taste any of the batch and, one to six and. and- and three, and
2: three to five were single barrels. Single barrels.
1: So we right. we turned out only two hundred and fifty cases. Yeah. So we got we
2: got nothing. We got nothing. <laughs> <cared> no.
1: But you know, batch two, Sherry loved. Batch six, I loved.
2: I love six.
1: We loved them both. They
2: were so good. <laughs> yeah.
1: By six, we were almost eleven years old by that time. I mean. Yeah. Was,
2: yeah.
1: What are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's we were. It. The funny part is first thing we, we did bring to cal from california was we got that uh, our, our original juice two and four year old juice and we were
2: double barrel we
1: re we re-barreled it immediately no one had ever double barrel to speak yeah. of to that point uh you know I've, I've tried to do a little research on this but uh because um actually over at uh, brown foreman Um, they had done it at exactly the same time. They turned theirs out earlier. We waited three years before we turned out our... You
2: know, because we were not in our...
1: Yeah, we we thought it longer sat in a barrel that might be better. You know, who knows?
0: (laughs) Well, hey, that's... I mentioned earlier, there were two trends you hit on. The first one I wanted to talk was Light Whiskey. The second one was the double barreling and particularly the, the toasted barrel. Well...
1: Another thing that that I learned in the wine business was I once got some barrels for wine, and they weren't cured enough. And they actually, they were French oak, but they tasted green. So I learned one thing. I loved really aged, you know, kind of air-dried wood, 36 months you know, air-dried. And mm-hmm. side did that really well. So we started using those back a long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah. And um, they were like, there was no green notes in those woods. They
2: were delicious.
1: Yeah, they were, they were delicious. <laughs> Love that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Sherry, sure. you're stealing we his tasting that. notes here. You got to leave him something.
1: <laughs> well. Yeah. <You, laughs> you know. But that we we did bring that, and I thought that, and and they had toasted oak uh, heads always, mm-hmm. which was really good too. So you had toasted oak, and so we did uh, toasted oak. We did re barreling, and we did foolproof always. So we we did all those things from the get go, and we've been doing it ever since, since two thousand and eleven. And we we don't know anything about you know doing. Uh, you know, like finished stuff yet, but we'll, we'll we'll work on it because we always say you never know.
2: Anything's possible.
1: Everything's
0: possible. Sometimes. Let's see. Although you mentioned that on, I I want to say Bourbon Road that you're not a huge fan of finishing, like for um, to barrel wow. finishing is okay, but flavor finishing.
1: Yeah, You want to? You go ahead, or I can. No, I, go ahead. I love, I, I'm a, we're very traditional, you know. And so when it comes to, you know, barrels, you know, more American oak, better. Uh,
2: you know, <laughs>
1: I might, you know, some people do that triple oak, but that might be too much oak.
2: Yeah, that's probably
1: too much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, it does. What do you like? Do you like finished whiskey?
0: If it's done right, I'll say.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of opportunity
0: out to there. figure
2: that out.
0: Yeah. Um, if it tastes good at the end of the day, I mean, do
2: you know that?
1: If it tastes good at the end of the day, then
2: it's worth doing. It's
1: probably good. Yeah. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Nope>. So Mark's <laughs> pouring little <laughs> bottles into his glass. I don't know what's happening.
1: It's barely eighty six and I got a couple more, of these little like one ouncers. You
0: know? <laughs> Look, I've like I said, I've got a few of these just lying around on the desk here. Good old painters tape over the labels. <laughs> so <laughs> um but yeah, the oh no, I'm sorry. That was on the yeah, that was on the Bourbon Road. So they're clearly a trend of finishing whiskeys, especially American whiskeys nowadays. Scotch, I they've been finishing for for decades in sherry and wine casks but with you know with american finishing especially american whiskeys bourbons rise i'm uh, keeping in mind that we seem to have the same answer of when it's done right it's good what would you consider some that that are done right or done well
1: i have no opinion either i you know we usually taste really good stuff and, you know, um, when it's good, it's good, and we'll we'll say it, but uh, usually we're pretty much still just traditional, you know, neat drinkers, you know, when it comes to, you know, and we're still trying to figure it out too. We have experimental stuff and nobody's seen it yet.
2: (laughs) So, Exactly. Hey,
0: little teaser you, right we'll
2: there. Let you know.
0: Yeah. We'll let you know. To
2: be considered.
0: Yeah. So the, I got to rework a question now because, again, I, I didn't know that you'd only worked on, uh, you hadn't worked on the, the rise with Kentucky Owl, but I, it's weird because in tasting the Kentucky Owl, the early rise and tasting some of the old Carter rise too, the, the blend, not the single barrels, but the, the blends, the for me, there's a definite kind of connection there. Yeah, you know, both as you said earlier, both foolproof, no watering down. Yeah, you know, a lot of flavor, huge mouth feel. I know no chill filtering or anything like that, just screen filter screen filtering for the little particles. Um, so even though you didn't necessarily work on it, I still see a through line between how you think, how Dixon thinks, and how you know these full throated it's really come to I be.
1: Want to, I want to say one thing that was really crazy. So when we got done with Kentucky Owl and that we had really no non-compete and we could go do something, we said, well, you know, we've been making bourbon. Let's do rye. and Nobody will have a problem with yeah, that.
2: And, we, and and we had no idea they were doing rye.
1: I didn't know <laughs> Dixon was coming out with rye. We didn't even talk. No. and so We both came out with rye immediately it was bizarre you know but <laughs> we are very similar Dixon's born on the same day as me just a couple of years apart <laughs> <laughs> could be my son
2: <laughs> so,
1: yeah and so we we do the three of us probably think you know very similar in a lot of ways when I
2: mean to it's to all flavor. about flavor
1: when it comes to flavor absolutely that that that's that was the whole I- deal I would say that yes. easily. <laughs> I mean, yes. not even a problem.
0: And in, in terms of Dixon being able to be your son, I mean, he if you meet him in person, he does have that air of like he looks young, but you can also feel like maybe there's a portrait somewhere getting older. You know? <laughs> there's just so much wisdom and knowledge and age behind that veneer. Uh, that he he comes off, I think, much older than he is, especially when it comes to whiskey.
1: Oh, so old. He is an old soul. And he is yeah. an innkeeper. And it, oh, he's
2: an innkeeper. He's
1: an innkeeper. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he was an innkeeper. I guess he <laughs> sold the inn, inn which. You know, I uh, reason I met Dixon was because his mom and dad, and uh, I'm an innkeeper, they were an innkeeper. I have an inn up in New York, California, I don't even know if you knew that, but I've had it for almost 40 years.
0: I, I am looking forward, it's on my itinerary if I am able to get out there because yeah. I, I've got a few friends now to visit over there. Uh, so Humboldt I, County,
1: you can come up if you like the green stuff, weed. Yeah, Humboldt County is a great place for weed. I don't know anything about weed, but I got friends that know about weed.
0: <laughs> well, we're in in New York now. I can uh, I can get some of that <laughs> finally. But um, <laughs> so, um, oh man, where do I want to go with that? Let's see. Oh, uh, this yes, this was a good question. I wanted to ask about um, jumping back to the wine connection too. This came across in several interviews so is with with Perry on Tim Bip, with um, either Scott or Jake at Bourbon Lens. The, the legs of a wine and a whiskey. And I was dying to ask you both about that because it's something I keep, I put in every review, you know, what the eye looks like, the color, the legs, the rims and your whiskeys. I'll admit here. I have not had any of your wines yet. The whiskeys have fantastic legs on them. It they look like there's a lot of flavors. So, you know, to your knowledge, what what actually causes the leg? Like, if I'm looking at something that's got great legs in the glass, what am I looking at?
1: Oh, you go first.
2: Oh, I will go first. Well, to me, I mean, that is. There's only one reason that that happens when you. You know, I don't know. Do you swirl? Do you stop? Do you pop? Do you lock? I don't know what you do to get your legs going. But when you see a glass of entertainment Mm -hmm. climb back down. And it has weight
1: to it. Yeah, absolutely, viscosity.
2: You've got to say there's viscosity there. I, I mean, that's it. the that's all it is. Yep. So, you know, it's it's going. Hey, <laughs> oh, she's going like,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm big.
2: <laughs> I'm here. I'm big. I'm, yeah. Don't forget about me.
0: Yeah, right. I so, want to stay I there. Want to make an impact on there.
2: i mean and that's the flavor flavor.
0: it is flavor so
1: anytime you have mouthfeel mouthfeel it's mouthfeel viscosity you know you can take it up to 140 proof almost as long as you have mouthfeel exactly and we actually knew that with wine when we took it up to 16 percent. as long as it has all the stuffing if it has you know this you know thickness chewiness and still has some a little bit of freshness in it. You can take it up to sixteen percent. We don't, you know, over sulfur, so you'll never get a headache out of sixteen percent, you know, wine. But people will go, "Oh my god, I love the mouthfeel. It's thick. It's not thin." And so that's the same thing we do and try to do always with our whiskeys. Yes.
0: All right, I like it. And i i will be picking up some of that this weekend and cuz honestly if my total wine doesn't have it it doesn't exist so i i'm sure that it's over there uh is i've been told in my reviews the number one determinant if i like something it's got to have mouthfeel
1: got to have mouthfeel got to have mouthfeel.
0: i got to know that it's been there can't just roll through it's got to make a statement so i'm glad to hear that that's clearly what i mean like in tasting your stuff that's clearly what you guys are looking for too so fantastic and so with yeah i've gone for the wines the the different kind of expressions and one of the the newer expressions it's not even a whiskey that i wanted to talk about was your location in louisville and this is you know you're, you're both you got the the inn up in eureka you Working out from Napa, of course, you're coming to Kentucky to, to try the products and to get stuff, but what made you decide, you know, it was finally time to plant some roots in, uh, in the North of Kentucky.
1: Well, we love Kentucky and, uh, when we got here with Dixon and stuff. And even when the brand sold, we didn't want to leave we had so many great friends here so many great connections and we just love the state so we said so we we don't want to stop making whiskeys and bourbons no. and we want staying and we looked at we you know and we came over to louisville we bought a place in lexington and we bought a place over here in louisville and um, we just just love the state, you know, it's, and the people, and the people they've been really kind to us
0: and, and great to us. That's my experience, too. I would love to be down there more. I was like, lucky, I got a direct flight here from LaGuardia, so right into yeah. Louisville. So, how often would you say you're in Kentucky versus in California these days?
1: We almost live here all the time. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's it's getting crazy. Ninety ninety to ninety-five percent of the time, we're
0: here. Who, who's looking after the wine then?
1: Well, I got a great crew. I'm very fortunate. I have everywhere I go. I have a great team, and they support what we do. So uh, I got Dan Blaine, and I got Russell Beffin.
2: He's a he's a rascal. <laughs> Dan's watching. (laughs) Love you, Dan. Not really.
1: He won't watch this. No, he won't. (laughs) Because he's a rascal. (laughs) But, you know, um, I'm very fortunate uh, that people love what we do, and they get involved with what we do. And I try to make sure they are actually part of the entire team. It's like, you know, I can start something, but... I can't actually do it by myself. You know, Sherry can't do it by herself. We need great people around us. And we have been so blessed to have people that love what we do that have helped us, you know, continue what we do and believe in what we do.
0: Yeah. I love it. So, We've honestly gone through all the questions that I had on uh, to ask you, but to I guess to close out, you know, you've in a very short period of time, really, especially in the whiskey world, you've accomplished quite a bit in terms of putting out great bourbons, ryes, American whiskeys, um, both blends and single barrels. I mean, what's what's something you haven't accomplished yet that you want to? And then I'll hold back the second question. I'm
1: going to let you do that one.
2: I mean, I don't think that there's anything that we haven't accomplished that we want to accomplish. I think Mark and I could very easily stay on the same page and say, you know what? All we want to do is create things that are delicious, that's so. tasty, you know, that we love to make, you know, that we love to bring to market. And there isn't anything in particular that we haven't made that I would say we should make. Am I wrong?
1: but um, I'm, I'm. I pretty, mean, we. I love doing what we do, and continuing doing. Yeah. And trying to make great product yeah. every day. Yes. Yeah.
2: Nothing in particular that we haven't made. I mean, to be specific to your question.
0: And in the second question is, any interest in uh, American single malts?
2: Nope.
0: <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> you never only, know. Only but...
2: because we haven't done it.
1: And we we know haven't thought about it. About it. it, would take a lot of research.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey, that's right. It it's a passion of mine, but look, it's it's not for everybody. And it, as it, you've got you've got your work <laughs> cut out for you right now. So you,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're just trying to get through. You know where we're at. It. You know,
0: <laughs> right now. Totally understood. Well. I love talking to you both. Mark, Sherry, thank you so much for coming on tonight, uh, spending some time with me, entering the whiskey ring. You came out unscathed. Uh, <laughs> I hope. I hope. <laughs> and I will, you know, anytime you're back in New York uh, or if I'm back in Louisville, would love to meet up with you, share a dram sometime. And of course, over a bottle of Old Carter. We'd so, that. so thank you both so much for coming on. If you're listening, thank- Thank you if you're if you're listening thanks for listening uh please go and support the show rating reviews listens tell your friends tell your barber tell your doctor maybe <laughs> not your doctor because you're probably drinking a lot on this but the you know tell other people about it uh support on patreon and thanks so much and i'll see you next week